Wilder Smith is my name, and when we were considering uh, getting engaged, we made a policy that if we should have children, we would bring them up to love God's word. And that needs a definite engagement to do that in the, between the two partners. And uh, that means collaboration from your wife, and this is my wife, Beate, here, and she'll tell you how we set about doing it. It was our habit every evening before our four children went to bed to tell them a gripping Bible story from the Old Testament or from the New Testament. If they heard the word of God as the last thing of the day, we thought it would sink better into their minds. And how they loved the Bible stories. They loved David and Goliath. They loved the Daniel stories. They loved Joseph, Samson and Deliah, Delilah. They just couldn't go to bed without their Bible story. And they lived in it. So when in the evening the call rang through the house, the story, the Bible story, everybody ran and came and gathered together in the children's, in one of the children's bedroom. And father and mother came, the children came, even our au pair girls came. And sometimes if we had guests, they also came and they listened to the word of God. And this was the daily family hour, the family event. And the moment was, the, this was the great moment of the day. The stories we told were after this sort of style. There was a man whose name was Jacob, and he had lots of children, about twelve. Now, he was a very nice old man, but he was a bit unwise. You know what a favorite is in a family, do you, that you prefer one child to the other and you have a favorite? And he had a favorite in his family, and the favorite was called Joseph. And he spoiled him. He gave him a wonderful coat with sleeves on it, a coat of many colors, it says in the old translation. And, of course, the other kids didn't get a nice coat like that. You know, a, a nice gown, you might call it. So, the other kids, they got very jealous of Joseph. And the father, because he saw the other kids wouldn't speak decently to him, they couldn't say a friendly word to him, because they hated him. He had all sorts of uh, privileges which the other kids didn't get. And you know what that does in a family, don't you, if you prefer one kid before the others. If all, one gets all the favors and the others get nothing, they get jealous of one another. And they can't uh, speak a pleasant word to one another. Well, now, Joseph, one day, I think he must have eaten too many beans or too many steaks. Anyway, he dreamt and he had a, he had a dream. And when he woke up in the morning, he told his brothers and his father and mother, Jacob and his mother, he told them what he dreamt. And do you know what he dreamt? He dreamt that they were out getting the harvest in. And you know, in those days, they used to cut the corn down and then bind it into sheaves. And then you stack the sheaves up in the field to make a shock. You, you don't know these terms, do you? And um, he dreamt that 
the sheaves and the shocks of the mother and father and the other brothers and sisters all bowed down before his own sheaf so that they worshipped the uh, shock of Joseph the brother and then he dreamt that the moon and the sun and the eleven stars all bowed down and worshipped him now when those the other brothers and sisters heard that he thought he was going to be you know God of the universe they were furious with him and they hated him now it's very nasty in the family if there's hate in the family isn't it so the father said to Joseph he took him aside into his own private tent he said now Joseph you mustn't do things like that you know that I love you very much but if you go on like this you'll break up the family you can't do things like that so one day Joseph's brothers went out into the wilderness where there are patches of grass you see to feed his father's sheep their father's sheep and after they'd been away for a long time they didn't have any mail in those days after they'd been away in a long time the old father Jacob said to Joseph now my boy I want you to go and visit your brothers where they're feeding and pasturing my, my sheep in the wilderness would you be so good as to go and visit them and bring me word that they're all right there's nothing gone wrong with them so Joseph was always obedient to his father because his father you know was very kind to him so he set out alone to go and visit his brothers in the wilderness and that was a hazardous business because there were robbers there you see and there were wild animals there were lions and there were wolves at night but he went alone because his father had told him to go and he got lost and he was wandering around in the desert when he met another man uh, who was wandering too and the other man said what are you looking for so Joseph said to the man he met he said I'm looking for my brothers they're here feeding my father's sheep can you tell me where they are so he said well I overheard them when they went by me two or three days ago and they were said they were going to Dothan because there was more grass there if you go to Dothan you'll find them so Joseph thanked him very kindly for telling him where his brothers and were feeding his father's sheep and he set off for Dothan right through the wilderness alone and at night as he lay down you know and slept in his little tiny sleeping bag he heard the wolves and the, the lions roaring quite near him and he was a bit afraid because you see if they found him they'd have eaten him quickly because the mountain lions do that so um, he went on towards Dothan after he'd slept and when he came there his brothers saw him from afar because you see he had this wonderful gown of many colors on with sleeves on it which they didn't have and when they saw him coming up to them they had a little conference they said what shall we do with the dreamer that has all these dreams we'll show him that he's going to be king over us what shall we do with him so they said well when he comes don't say anything but we'll kill him and then we'll say that a wild beast has eaten him 
Now that was a kind thing to do, wasn't it? So when he came, they took him from behind, and Judah, one of his brothers, said, look, don't let's kill him, because if we kill him, we can't bring him back, and his father will die if Joseph dies, because he loves him so much, you see, he's his favorite. Now that was wrong to have a favorite in the family. Anyway, they took him, but Judah's advice, he said, don't cut his throat and kill him. Let's put him into one of the pits here in the desert, because there were lots of pits there where they tried to store the water when it did rain. It rained very little in the wilderness, but when the water did come down in the rain, they tried to put it in these pits, and this pit was, let, was empty. So they took Joseph, and they bound him hand and foot, and they threw him into the pit, right in the middle of the howling wilderness where all these wild animals were. And there was no water in the pit. And of course, when it's hot, you need water, don't you, to drink. And poor Joseph landed at the bottom of the pit and couldn't get out. And they went outside the pit, the brothers, Reuben and all the others. And they sat down outside the pit while poor old Joseph was perishing of thirst. And they made a barbecue. And he heard them talking and eating their barbecue outside the pit. And then he called and called and said, Come, don't leave me here. I shall die if you leave me here. But they took no notice of him at all and didn't answer him in the least. So poor old Joseph was left there in the pit and his brothers were eating their barbecue just outside the pit. Now that was very nasty, wasn't it? Not to share your meal with your brother because you didn't like him. So after a time, after they had their barbecue and were really, you know, full up to the top, and poor old Joseph was empty down to the bottom. He was absolutely starving. They saw in the distance, coming over the horizon, a lot of camels. And these camels were a caravan. And they were Midianites. And they were taking their spices and wares and anything else they could find down to Egypt to sell because they were the means of transport in those days they didn't have any cars or any planes or anything like that so they put them on camels backs and took them down to Egypt to sell and they lived on that, what they could sell so one of them went over to the Midianites to the leader of the camels the one who had the big whip for the camels to drive them you see and they said want to buy a slave? And he said, yes, because he could sell a slave in Egypt, you say. So, uh, there's a, we got one, how much you give us for him? So, Midianite said, well, let's have a look at him. So they told him where he was and fetched him out of the pit and took him to the leader of the caravan. And the leader of the caravan opened his mouth to see if his teeth were good because they didn't want to a slave with bad teeth you see because he's always at the dentists and he didn't work then so they didn't want that so they looked at his teeth and he got good teeth he'd been brought up well you see mum and dad didn't give him a lot of lollipops or anything like that to ruin his teeth and uh, after they'd had a good look at him and tested his arms whether he was strong whether he got good muscles biceps you see to, to work they said oh well we'll give you 10 
silver coins for him. That was the currency they had in those days. So the brother said, no, no, he's worth more than that. Don't you see, he's nice and fat. He can do a lot of work. So he said, okay, I won't argue with you, but if you want, I'll give you then 15. So in the end, they sold him for 20 pieces of silver. And they pulled Joseph again out of the pit, because they put him back in the pit, because he didn't run off while they were arguing with the Ishmael, with the Midianites. And they took the money and put it in their pocket and sold their brother as a slave. They sold Joseph as a slave. Now Joseph begged them not to sell him as a slave because Egypt was a terrible place to be sold as, as a slave. They whipped you all day and made you work all night. So they put the money in their pockets. But Joseph's coat of many colors, the birthday present from their dad, Jacob, they took his coat away and they kept it themselves. You see, they were jealous of that nice coat that, Je uh, that Joseph had. So they took this coat. Do you know what they did then? They killed a goat. And from the blood, they dipped the coat of many colors into the blood to make it look as though he'd been eaten. And he bled, you see, before he died. And... Uh, they packed up then this coat which had all been made filthy with blood and had been torn and they said well we're going back to our father now and take the sheep back and the goats back and they took the coat with them and they wrapped it up and they said dad we found in the desert this little parcel it's rather a dirty looking parcel but uh, we thought we'd better bring it along to you because it looks like Joseph's coat to, our, to us. So we brought it home for you because you gave it to him. Is this Joseph's coat? They knew it was Joseph's coat. Of course they did. But they didn't tell their dad what they'd done. So the dad said, where did you find it? Oh, we found it in the wilderness. It was under a bush, so we packed it up and brought it home because we thought you might like it as a memento of Joseph, so you can think of Joseph. You've got something to remember him by. Well, when the poor old dad saw this coat found under a bush, he said, Joseph has been eaten by a lion. And the lion couldn't digest the coat, so he left the torn coat under the bush. Now, um, what do you think about it, Dad? Here it is. So Dad took the, the coat, all filthy with blood and torn, and he said, My son Joseph has been eaten by a lion. And he cried, and he cried, weeks, weeks long, because he said, My son Joseph, my favorite son, has been eaten by a lion. Well, when his father, when their father had mourned, you know what to mourn means, don't you? Many, many days, all the sons and daughters of Jacob came and comforted him over the death of Joseph. Now, don't you think they were little liars? 
to worry their father like that to death and say that Joseph was dead when he, they knew he wasn't dead. They knew he'd been sold as a slave into Egypt and that they'd taken the money for him. Don't you think that was a rather nasty thing to do? And you see, they saw their father was crying all day long for their son and they tried to comfort him. Do you think they could comfort him? Do you think they could make him happy again? If they told him the truth, he wouldn't have cried so much, would he? But they told him the untruth. Oh, little terrors, little beasts, weren't they, to do that to their father? And he says all of his children came to him and comforted him over the son who wasn't dead. Okay? Now, the Midianites took uh, Joseph and they put a tree trunk split down the middle uh, and made little holes in the middle of the tree trunk and then they clapped the side of the tree trunk together and all the slaves that they got they put in the holes of the tree trunk and clapped them all together so that they walked in the desert bound together not by chains but the tree trunk clapped round their necks twenty or thirty prisoners slaves who were going to be sold in Egypt they made a march into Egypt because they didn't carry them they didn't put them in wagons or anything like that they made them a walking tree trunk going through the wilderness all together and their heads looking out of the top Oh, that rubbed their neck, would it, as they walk and walk, and they're not all the same size. So the little ones would have been hung up in the tree trunk, and their legs wouldn't touch the ground, and the tall ones would have to carry the others, because they're taller. How would you like to go through the wilderness like that? So they pulled the tree trunk apart, took the cords off, and let the slaves out, because they were held together, you see, by the tree trunk. And, uh, called an auction market. Now you know what an auction is, don't you? They say, look, we've got uh, so many prisoners here, so many slaves here, who's the highest bidder? Who'll give most for them? And so they sold Joseph to the highest bidder, the man who wanted to pay most for him. He came and looked at him, looked at his teeth, to see if his teeth were all right, and he looked at his arms to see if he got strong muscles. And the man who wanted him after he had a good look at him, said, this man comes from a good house. He's been well brought up. His teeth are not decayed, and uh, he looks as though he's been well nourished. So I'll buy him. And do you know what the man's name was? His name was Potiphar. Okay? And he was a captain of Pharaoh's guard. He was a captain. So he was a very important man. And he wanted a good slave, because his wife wasn't much good. His wife didn't run the household properly, so he'd like, he, he'd like a good slave to run the household. So he put Joseph in his household for a very short time and saw how Joseph did it. And after he'd been there a very short time, Joseph, you see, had been well brought up, although he was a bit of a, a, bit of a sneak, you know, he told tales on his brothers. He'd been well brought up out of a good house. And he ran the household so fine the dinner was already on to always on time when he had to do it, and the Klaus house was always clean. So Potiphar, after he'd had Joseph in his house for two or three weeks, he said, Look here, man, you're the man I want. 
You're the head of the household now. You're still my slave. I don't pay you anything for what you do. But if you go on like you are doing, and I get my dinner on time, and the house is clean, he said, you can be the, the chief, and I'll give you some privileges, and you can go out for a walk in the evening, and I'll take your chains off, because the prisoners, were, the slaves were kept in chains, you say. So Joseph took that, and he ran that household for a long, long time. Now, I told you that Joseph's, uh, that Potiphar's wife, wasn't much of a lady. She was a, you know, a bit of a, a daisy. She was a bit of a, uh, you know, ne'er-do-well. Okay? So, um, after a time, Joseph was a very good-looking man. She fell in love with him. Yes, yeah, she did with a slave. You think of a woman doing that. But she did. That's why I said she wasn't much good. But, uh, she uh, fell in love with him and uh, she came and asked him to date her. You think that asking your slave was the servant in your house to go and date you? And uh, she pestered him day and night. And Joseph, do you know what he did? He said, look here, madam, because he was very polite, being brought up well. Look here, madam, I'm the slave in this house and you're the mistress in the house. And you've got your own husband, Potiphar. I don't date another man's uh, wife. My parents taught me not to do that. That's a sin against the Lord, and I won't do it. And you know, she got so mad at him that uh, she told her husband that he'd tried to uh, take her by force when he came home. She was no good at all. But you see, Joseph said he'd been brought up to respect the law of Moses, and he wouldn't do that on any circumstances. So when Potiphar came home in the evening, and she told him this little fairy tale, that he tried to uh, take her by force. Potiphar was furious. I brought a slave into my house and he tries to pester my wife. Not in any circumstances. I'm going straight to Pharaoh, the king. He was captain of the king's guard, so he could. And he told Pharaoh, what he thought Joseph had done, because his wife, Potiphar's wife, wasn't any good and told lies about him. And Pharaoh said, okay, I've got a nice black dungeon. And we put people who do that in dungeons. So they bundled him off, tied him hand and foot, and put him into the dungeon. Now, when he was in the dungeon, Joseph hadn't forgotten that you should be kind to people who were having a hard time. And there were all sorts of people in that dungeon who were having a hard time. They'd been thrown in there too, probably because other people had lied about him, you see. And one was a, a baker, and one was a butler. Okay? And uh, they looked very depressed one morning when Joseph brought them their breakfast, because Joseph was so efficient that the captain of the prison uh, put him in charge of the whole prison although he was a slave there and a prisoner himself Joseph 
did everything that wanted doing in the prison and he brought the butler and the baker their breakfast next morning because he was a man who was responsible for it although he was a slave and Joseph uh, said why do you look so glum this morning what's the matter with you so the, they said well they'd had bad dreams so uh, Joseph said you tell me your dreams and I'll tell you what they mean because he was an expert on telling what the meaning of dreams was and they started to tell their dreams when Joseph had heard their dreams he said what will happen to you is this from your dream in three days Pharaoh will have his birthday and he'll let you free and then he said to the other one who'd had a bad dream he said in three days Pharaoh will come along and he'll execute you he'll hang you on a rope and that happened and Joseph got the reputation then of uh, being a wise man because he could tell what dreams meant what questions would you like to ask about the story? Any? Or is your mind blank? How come um, if the if um or however he says yeah. How come his um wife told on um Joseph if she liked him? Well, she was furious because Joseph wouldn't. And you know, if you get furious with the person you like, you're often very difficult, aren't you? If a person you like disappoints you, you get very wild. Isn't that so? Mm -hmm. Especially if it's a person you like, because you don't expect it. You expect them to do everything you want, and sometimes they won't. Yeah. Okay? Now we got to the place where Joseph was in Pharaoh's dungeon, wasn't he? A black hole. And there was the butler of Pharaoh and the baker of Pharaoh in prison with him. And Joseph, because he was such an efficient little man, he was put in charge of them and he had to wait on them. So when he brought them one morning their breakfast, uh, he saw that they were looking like this very, very, very glum. Joseph said, what's the matter with you, mate, today? So he said, well, I've had a nasty dream. He went over to the, the butler then, and the butler was looking like this too, he said, oh, depressed, right down in the dumps. Joseph said, what's the matter with you this morning? Oh, he said, I've had a nasty dream and I've got nobody to tell me what it means. So Joseph says, well, you can tell it me if you like. So the butler said, my dream was this. I saw a vine, a vine, you know, where grapes grow. And the vine had three branches on it. And the three branches 
had grapes on it and I squeezed out the grapes and gave it to the king to drink because they drank fresh grape juice then and he said while I was doing that I woke up so Joseph said oh he said that's easy the dream means that in three days that's the three branches of the vine in three days Pharaoh will lift up your head again and you'll be put back in your office as butler and you squeeze out the juice of grapes and other fruit for Pharaoh to drink fresh so there's no poison in it so um, when the baker saw that the dream which the butler had 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 a good interpretation he said what does my dream mean so uh, Joseph says you tell it me and I'll tell you what it means yes he said I was walking through the courtyard for Pharaoh and I had a tray on my head with all sorts of cakes for Pharaoh on it and the birds came and stole the cakes from the tray on my head you see they carry the stuff on their head there don't they you know the ladies carry all the stuff on their head so Joseph said okay is that your dream he said that's it sir so um, he said well I'll tell you what it means the three cakes that you had on there which the birds ate he said they're three days and in three days Pharaoh will let you out of prison and hang you on a rope till you're dead and the birds of the air will come and eat your flesh from off your bones that's what your dream means well he was very upset about that he wished he didn't know what the dream meant because in three days Pharaoh came down himself and said give me the butler and uh, they gave him the butler and he took him up and restored him to his office in the kitchen and then he said give me give me the baker and they gave him the baker and he took him up and he would raised up in his courtyard a gallows on which he put the poor old baker and they put a neck round his, uh, round his neck and they strung him up and left him there until he was dead poor man and the birds of the air came after he'd been there three or four days and was beginning to rot the birds of the air came and pecked pecked the flesh off his bones and so there was in a few days a skeleton hanging there because the birds had eaten him up just as the birds had eaten his cakes up in his dream that's the meaning of that well Joseph had said to the butler and the baker before he told them their dreams now you see the dreams come true and one of you is restored to his office will you do me a favor you'll be seeing Pharaoh every day then so they said if you'll tell us the meaning of the dreams we'll do you a favor well said Joseph when you get back to Pharaoh would you please tell Pharaoh that I was stolen away from a good house in Israel and sold here as a, sl a slave and I've done nothing wrong at all and it's Potiphar's wife that wicked ne'er-do-well woman that bum of a woman that got me in here by telling lies about me would you tell him that so they said they would if he'd tell them the dream and when the butler was put back in his office 
to be chief butler squeezing out the juice for Pharaoh. Do you know what he did? Any of you know? He did what we often do, what I often do. He forgot. And he was happy to be out of prison, but he forgot he forgot Joseph who got him out of prison and told him how he would get out and he never said a word and Joseph stayed there in prison two or three years longer and then uh, after he'd been in prison a long long time and nobody got him out there was no court of appeal there you know to get you out of prison if you were a slave because he had no rights the Pharaoh had an awful dream and uh, he was so upset about it he couldn't do his work about his dream. So uh, they told him uh, that there was a man in prison called Joseph who had the wisdom of God in him and he could interpret dreams. So uh, Pharaoh said, where is he? down in the dungeon at the bottom of that black hole that's where he is so Pharaoh said fetch him up well of course when they sent down soldiers to fetch Joseph they couldn't keep him in the dungeon any longer so they fetched him up and he came up to Pharaoh and told Pharaoh his dream don't you think Joseph ought to have been very bitter about being all these years in a black dungeon having done nothing but good because he did Potiphar good he gave him his dinner on time and he kept his house clean so he ought not to have had that as a reward ought he do you think he got bitter there isn't a word of bitterness in anything he said or did afterwards when he got out of prison nothing at all so you see when we get into trouble if we take it as the leading of God then it doesn't make us bitter and Joseph knew it was the leading of God who was preparing him for a high office in Egypt in Pharaoh's kingdom and he you see was in Pharaoh's prison and that was the way of getting introduced to Pharaoh and he got introduced to Pharaoh that way so it was a rather hard introduction wasn't it but a very neat one well after the butler and the baker had got out of the dungeon, the black dungeon, where they, uh, Joseph had looked after them. They hanged the baker, didn't they? But the butler got back to his uh, job again, squeezing out juice for Pharaoh. And when he got back, he forgot his promise to say to Pharaoh that he should take Joseph out of prison. And he forgot for two whole years. And poor old Joseph was hoping every day that he'd say something to Pharaoh and save him out of his prison, you see, bring him out of prison, but he forgot all about it. Some little boys forget what they promise, you know. Some little girls, too. You've got to keep your promise, so we've got it equal, haven't we? Some little boys as well as some little girls do the same thing. Now, after two full years, and poor old Joseph still playing the skivvy, you know what the skivvy is, don't you? the servant, he was a servant you say, who looked after the whole prison he was a slave in prison and he belonged to Potiphar because Potiphar bought him he was a slave after two whole years 
poor old Pharaoh ate something that didn't agree with him. I suppose he had a steak that wasn't quite fresh or something like that. And uh, he had an awful dream. And he went to bed, and about midnight he woke up, all of a sweat, because he had such a terrible nightmare. And what he dreamed was this, that he went down to the Nile, that was the river that gave Egypt, you see, in the middle of the desert, the water it needed, and he found in the reeds surrounding the Nile that grew on the shores of the Nile, reeds and grass, he found seven fat and sleek cows, seven cows, all fat and juicy, you know, and uh, they were feeding on the, on the banks of the Nile, on the grass there, and uh, having a rare old time eating this good grass, you see, growing in the river's bank waters. And uh, then he saw that seven hungry, starved skeletons of cows came to the same place. And what they did was they proceeded to eat these seven sleek, thin, skinny cows. They proceeded to eat the fat ones. And after they'd eaten the fat ones, they were just as thin, and they didn't put on any weight at all for having eaten up the seven fat ones. And uh, poor old Pharaoh was very, very upset with this, because he thought it was terrible to see a cow eating a cow. That really buried him, you see. So after he'd woken up and sweated it out, he went to sleep again, you know. And he had another nightmare. He said he'd eaten too much steak that wasn't fresh. He had another nightmare, and this nightmare was different. He saw a corn of barley come out of the ground, and he had three, it had seven ears on it. You know what an ear of barley is, don't you know what barley looks like? And it had seven ears, and they were fat and good. And uh, he looked at them, and then he saw growing up next to them seven pieces plants of barley, and they had seven thin and skinny ears on them. Nothing at all. Though they'd been blown by the east wind, you know, cold and blighted. And no use at all. Just all chaff and no corn in them. So these skinny ears of barley then proceeded to eat up the fat ones. Now it worried him, you see, in his dream how ears of barley could eat up other ears of barley, but they did. And the poor old man, that stuck in his mind. And the next morning he came down looking all blue and grey, you know, and he called all his magicians and all the astrologers together from the whole court of Pharaoh and said, guys and fellows, I've had two dreams and they really upset me. Now I want you to tell me what the dreams were that I dreamt because I've forgotten them. And I want you to tell me what they mean because they made such an impression on me I can't forget them. And I can't do my work for these dreams. So all the astrologers and the wise men stood there 
And they said, look, there's a man in the prison, in your dungeon under the palace, in that black awful dungeon, who's a young Hebrew man, and he can tell uh, the meaning of any dreams you like to ask him. So when the butler, you know, had been put back in his job after being put in prison, heard that, he said, my lord Pharaoh the king, I'm a wicked man. I promised two years ago that that man they've just been talking about, who's in prison, I promised him I'd mention his name to you so you took him out and I'd forgotten. Now if you go and fetch him, he'll tell you what those dreams mean because it's very important you know what they mean. So Pharaoh, when he heard that, they said, he's a young Hebrew, is he? And is he the slave of Potiphar, my chief guard of the court? And they said, yes, he is. Go and fetch him. So they went down to prison, and the deep dungeon steps, you know, into the blackness, because there were no windows there, because they might have escaped through the windows, you say. So they didn't have any, so they couldn't escape. So they went out, and they took hold of Joseph, and put their arms under his arm, because he'd been starved all this time, you see, and he was very, very, very pale, because he hadn't seen the sun for two whole years in that blackness down there. And so they fetched him up, and they said, you can't go to Pharaoh like that. You've got a, a beard on you like the Hebrews have, you know, a real black beard. So they took him into the bathroom, and they shaved off his beard, and they polished him up with good soap, and uh, sandstone, you know, to get all the grime out of him, because he'd been down in the coal hole all this time. And when they got him clean, they took off his rags from the prison, because he was wearing dirty dungarees. You know what dungarees are, don't you? Prison clothes. And uh, they said, you can't go into Pharaoh like that, man. You'll have to have some new clothes. So they fetched a tailor immediately, and... Uh, at this Pharaoh's expense, you see, because he hadn't any money, poor old Joseph. And they fitted him out with a new outfit, and took all these dirty dungarees, and cleaned him up nicely, and his face shone again, you see, with, you know, being rubbed and scrubbed, all that. That really did uh, hurt him after not having washed so long, because there was no water down in this prison. And they brought him up, all sleek and spruce, but hollow cheeks, you see, right hollow cheeks, because he'd been very, very short on rations for such a long time. And they brought him up to Pharaoh, and he said, Young man, you're the Hebrew they're speaking of, isn't it? You can interpret dreams, can't you? And he said to Pharaoh, Oh, Lord Majesty the King, Pharaoh, I can't interpret dreams. But God's Spirit, who is in me, he'll tell you what he wants you to learn. I don't do it myself, but because he's with me, even though I've been in prison so long, he knew God was with him. So he didn't get rebellious against God because he was in a pickle. You know what in a pickle means, don't you? He was really in, in the soup, as the French say. So, um, uh, they started to chat with one another. And so Joseph said, now look here, Pharaoh, uh, I know by the spirit of the Lord God who is within me that God has wanted to tell you something good. He's going to give you a message which you need to know. You need to know it immediately. So Pharaoh said, what is it? Well, he said, both the dreams you had about... What was the first dream? Yeah? 
um, the fat seven, um, the seven fat cows and the seven um, lean and skinny ones. That's um, right, that's quite correct, wonderful. The seven fat cows, he said, the first dream. And the seven, what was the second one? Yeah? The, um, the, um, the corn and, um, with the corn stalks. That's right. The seven thin ones and the seven fat ones. And what did the seven thin ones do to the seven fat ones? They ate them up. But what happened to the thin ones when they'd eaten up, eaten up the fat ones? What happened to them? They didn't get fat themselves. They could eat anything and not get fat. Now, wouldn't that be nice for some people today? <laughs> if you could eat anything you should like, you, you didn't get like this. You know? <laughs> so that uh, Pharaoh said, yes, it was just like that, Joseph. It was just like that, Hebrew boy. How did you know that? Well, he said, you'll understand when I tell you what it means. It means this, both dreams of the seven fat cows and the seven fat ears of corn, they're both the same. They're both telling you the same message. And I've told it to you twice. God has told it to you twice in two dreams because he wants to emphasize it that you don't forget it. Now, if I tell you anything twice, you know I don't want you to forget it, don't you? So that's what God did. He told Pharaoh through two dreams that the two were there to say the same thing but twice. It's like underlining a word, you see. If you underline it, it means you read it twice and you don't forget it. Okay? So, uh, he said the seven fat ear, the seven fat cows, and the seven fat ears of corn, both mean seven good years when there will be plenty of food in Egypt. But he said, watch out, the seven thin ones will come after the seven fat ones and will be seven years of no food, famine, in the land. So you'll have plenty of food for seven years and then you'll have no food for seven years after that. Now Pharaoh was the king of the country and if a country goes into a famine, you know, you can't rule it. People get very distressed, don't they? They get bad-tempered if they don't have anything to eat. And so Pharaoh is king. He said, well, that's really important, Joseph. What shall I do? So Joseph said, what you've got to do is this. Look out for a man, find a man in whom the wisdom of God is, and set him over the land so that during the seven years he can take a fifth every year of all the corn that's produced and put it into barns so that it isn't wasted. You can pay the, the peasants for giving you the corn, uh, the fifth of what they, they get from the harvest. And then, in the seven thin years, the seven uh, years of famine, you can open the barn doors and sell the corn to the people so they won't starve. Now Pharaoh said to his servants, he said, Come all ye astrologers and you wise men who couldn't tell me these dreams and what they mean. Now you tell me what I should do, where I should find a wise man to rule over the land, wiser than I am. And they said, oh Lord King, we don't know any. He said, you're useless, I won't give you any food anymore if you go on like that. So um, he then turned to Joseph and he said, Joseph, Hebrew boy, you're 30 years old now and you've been... How many years in prison? 
How many years had he been a slave? How old was he when they sold him into Egypt? Did I tell you? Seventeen years old. So from the time he was seventeen to the time he was thirty, he'd been in continual slavery. Now why do you think God had put him into continual slavery? Can you tell me? I think it was this. His father had spoiled him. He was potentially a very good boy and an intelligent boy, but his father had given him everything he wanted, even the coat of many colours he'd had from his father, and uh, the boy was thoroughly uh, spoiled and wasn't capable of anything. So God sold him into slavery. God did it, although it was wicked of his brothers to sell him. God let him there to harden him off a bit, to, to make him capable of being of occupying an office in Egypt uh, later on. And when he was 30, God had finished his education. You see, before I got uh, my education done, you know, I had to work at the university till I was 40. It takes time till you get your degrees, you know. I took my last degree when I was 45. Now, Joseph was 30 when Pharaoh discovered him and hauled him out of the prison and put decent clothes on him and shaved him and made him look nice. So, Pharaoh said, where is the man who's wiser than Joseph? Because if this wisdom of God can tell us that we're going to have seven years famine and then seven years plenty and then seven years famine, if God can tell him that and he passes it on faithfully to me, you must be a faithful man. So Joseph said, yes, well, okay, I want to be faithful, but I'm nothing else than a Hebrew slave, you know, now. So Pharaoh said to him, you're no longer a slave. I, Pharaoh, have freed you. And you will be the next in the kingdom after me. The only thing that's above you is the throne itself, and that's Pharaoh's throne. Now, to, to prove that, do you know how they proved that? That he meant that seriously? Do you know? Pharaoh give him his ring? Yes, that's right. They had a, a sealing ring on their fingers, which if you printed it into wax, it put the Pharaoh's initial in the wax. And that was the sign that you got your authority. So he took Joseph on the spot. And Joseph, after all these years, 13 years, He'd been a slave. Joseph was capable of ruling the country. He wasn't capable until he'd been had all that spoiltness taken out of him. That mocked it out of him. You see, he was wrongly attacked by Potiphar's wife, and he was wrongly put into prison by Potiphar's wife, and the butler had forgotten him all those years. Two more years in the dungeon. Two years is a long time, isn't it? And he was ready to be a man you understand what I mean when I say a man of steel? It strengthened his character and made him capable of not being a... Weichling is the word I'm after, not being a, a, a weak person. It, it has made him a man of iron, you see, a man of strong will. So Pharaoh took him and he gave him his own ring off his finger with the seal on it of the kingdom. If he did that, you'd be anything you wanted. And Joseph had his ring put it on his finger immediately. The slave became a king in one go. That was quick, wasn't it? 
after he'd shown that God's wisdom was in him. So then Pharaoh wasn't finished. He said, wait a minute, Joseph, I'm not ready with you. Wait a minute. And he had a golden ring round his neck like the mayors of cities have here. You know, they have a, a ring which shows their office of being mayor. Bürgermeister is what they call them in German. And he took off his golden ring, he had a little clip at the back, you see, and he undid that. And he put it on Joseph's neck. So Joseph uh, went out of that room with Pharaoh's ring on his finger and showed he had the same authority as Pharaoh himself. Only in the throne itself was Joseph, uh, was Pharaoh higher than Joseph. Well, he went out then when he was 30. How many years was he a slave? Yeah? 13. 13. 17. Oh, wait a minute. Is this a mathematical error or is it an error of your memory? He was 17 when they sold him into Egypt for 20 pieces of silver, whatever it was. And he was 30 when he came out of the black hole under Pharaoh's palace. So that's how many years? Come along, get it right, so we have it on the record that it's right. <laughs> Thirteen, that's right. Do you think how, how, how long have you been a slave? That's right. Repeat it, I just wanted to get it sure, that's all. Yes, you? Thirteen, okay. We all agreed on that one, fine. So, Joseph went out then, and uh, Pharaoh put him on his own horse. Because the Egyptians had nice horses, you know, chariot horses. And so they lifted up Joseph onto Pharaoh's saddle on the horse and planted him there. And he made some people, some Egyptians, run in front of him to say, this is the ruler of Egypt. And they all had to bow down to the ground when Joseph went by. You see, so his dream that the moon and the stars and all the rest of it would bow down to him, he says he thought of that dream when they all bowed down to him and said, this is the ruler of Egypt. You God had prepared him by all these terrible things. Years in the black hole and the lies that Potiphar's wife told about him. God had used those to strengthen his character, to make him capable of occupying the office of Pharaoh. So he went through all Egypt and everybody bowed down and he had Pharaoh's ring uh, on his finger. So when he said, you build me a, a corn house here to stay, steal corn, to, to store corn, he just simply got the wax, you see, and put his ring on it like that. And everybody went to work and built the, the corn house that he wanted. And then he went to the people, the, the peasants there who grew the corn, and he took out of Pharaoh's treasury, because he had a treasury where all the gold was kept, and paid them in gold for the fifth of their harvest that they produced every year. And having done that, they, he went through the land and he built so many corn houses in every city and you can see the remains of them in Egypt today where Joseph did that and he stored up enough corn till they couldn't count the tons of corn that Joseph stored now uh, when Pharaoh saw that he was highly delighted and he knew that Joseph's God was a God of truth because the seven years of plenty started and uh, after the seven years were by, they filled the whole land of Egypt with corn houses full of corn. Um, 
when they fixed um, Joseph up, you know, and shaped his beard and stuff, did they give him any food? Oh, yes, he had all Pharaoh's food there. He started to get fat, in fact, because uh, Pharaoh said, you see, you want a wife now. He said, you want a household to look after you, you mustn't go on starving like this. So they gave him a wife, and the wife was the daughter of the priest of On. And uh, she was a nice woman, and she had two children by him. And uh, in the first years of their, uh, when Joseph was uh, ruler of Egypt, one was called Manasseh, and the other was called Ephraim. Remember the names? Manasseh and Ephraim, they were the sons of Joseph. And the first name means, uh, God has allowed me to forget my father's house. And then he's been, the second name was, he has allowed me to prosper in the land of my affliction. Okay? Those were the two kids he had, yes? Did they have refinery? Did they have What was, I didn't understand the word you said. Did, did people ever find um, his ring? His ring? Oh, I expect it would be in some museum or other. That, uh, I haven't seen it myself, but uh, the ring uh, of uh, Pharaoh was a very, very important office because it gave the authority of the whole kingdom to the man who owned it. How about like the necklace thing? Oh, the necklace thing, that was his uh, sign of office, you see, like the mayor of the city, when he wants to go out and inspect the city, he puts the... Like anyone, they found that? They I don't think they, they may have done, I don't know, but uh, I expect it will be there. Unless they lost it when Pharaoh was uh, drowned in the Red Sea. You know they found the Pharaoh, don't you? Mm -hmm. The one who was lost in the Red Sea, and they identified him because they couldn't mummify him. Because he was full of water, you see. He'd been drowned. Yeah. Um, that ring was just a one gold ring. Or well, it's what's called a sealing ring. A seal ring. And they have a little sort of packet on it, which made an impression into wax, when you put it in wax, and it was the sign, the signature of Pharaoh. Oh, the, the ring he wore Yeah, that's right. They found rings like that, but I don't know where they found the actual one that Joseph, uh, that Joseph wore. Yeah. The ring around his neck, was it like one big ring that went like that, or...? Well, it was probably a chain of little plates, you see, oh. golden plates that they, they used to have in those days. You want to go into the museum, you guys sometime and have a look at the ancient Egyptian uh, style they've got because they buried all these things with the pharaohs you see in the pyramids and uh, when the, if the pyramids hadn't been plundered you can find all the jewelry they had so whether they found that of Joseph I don't know whether somebody stole them or not but anyway that's how it worked out